welcome to the United We Stand podcast from uh, Anfield, where um, I'm just wandering around the ground. Uh, today's podcast is brought to you on behalf of Fred, um, Fred Dome being a huge red. Uh, thanks to him for that. And I've just bumped into uh, Stephen Kelly and son Nick, and I'm with uh, my lad. And um, there's a bit of history between us all about bringing lads to the game, Steve, and everything like that. Uh, we're on different sides, though, today. Well, we are indeed. I think we've always been on different sides, haven't we? We have indeed. We have indeed. <laughs> but we, we treat it respect, with respect and courtesy and try to do it in a civilised way. We have, and you've got, you, you've got a long history with Liverpool and also as part of, um, like our illustrious editor, but writing and that love of football. Mm. But your love of Liverpool obviously come from you were born. Yeah, um, yeah, you're born yeah. here in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, ever had any doubts about whether you were going to be Liverpool or Everton? I suppose I did, you know, when I first started coming to football would be in the mid-50s, I would, went to see Everton because right. my dad was a bit of an Everton fan Dixie Dean was a big family friend of ours and used to come to our house and of course in the 1950s, Liverpool were in the second division and Everton were in the first so if you wanted to see the big teams, yeah. you went to see Everton and in fact, I'll tell you, the first league game, first division league game I ever saw was in 1957 was Everton against Man United? Fantastic. The Busby Babes. Oh. I think it. I think it was a draw. Either draw or Everton lost. Oh. But then I started. My dad took me to a few games at Everton, and as I say, if you wanted to see the big teams, that's where you went. But I think then, in the very early 60s, I'd started work, and there were a lot of Liverpool supporters in the office where I worked. So I started going to see Liverpool, and just got. I just got into the atmosphere of it all, the theatre yeah. of football. You know, the crowds, the singing and so on. And I just took off with, with Liverpool. I felt, you know, it was home here. But I also, my my uncle, my mum comes from Huddersfield. All right, yes. And of course, Bill Shankly yeah. was manager there. And my uncle Horace, Uncle Horace, what a great name. He lived next door to Bill Shankly. Ah. So if I went to see Uncle Horace and Nancy Gertie out in the garden on a Sunday morning, pulling the weeds out, would be Bill Shankly. Wow. So when he came to Liverpool, that was kind of a big incentive for, for me to start supporting Liverpool. And for you, Nick, you obviously didn't get a choice then, so you were born into this. So when did you start coming? Oh, gosh, you must have been around 25 years ago. Yeah, probably yeah. when I was around 12, 13. Yeah, um, yeah we started off having the season to get in the main stand, but uh, now based in the cop. Yeah, now based in the cop. Well, we're still outside the cop now. And I have to say, I'm teasing Luca here a little bit because you've got a Beatles tribute band on and everywhere I look, there seems to be, everywhere I look, from all the roads and everything like that, I don't know how Evertonians put up with it, but you've got, you've got your uh, sort of flags on the, on the lampposts with all the, uh, it's like, are, are you trying to prove something here about, about anything, but your Beatles tribute band, you'll never walk alone everywhere. Is there, a, is there an identity crisis here? <laughs> no, we just like to boast. <laughs> right, OK. Well, I know it's just stood outside your champion's wall. Um, I counted them up. You don't seem to have the 66 trophies that we are, are 66 one. Um, but joking aside, you've had a few years which, in theory, have been fantastic because of your football. However, in terms of trophies, you haven't managed to meet those teams which gave you that champion's wall and the history. Is there a bit of a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, does it gall a little bit with you that you've not been able to turn that almost domination into 
you know, because City have been in the way, is what I'm saying. Well, I think we came very close a couple of years, you know. Another three or four points over yeah. two or three years, we'd have won three championships. So, we came, yeah, we came very, very close. And we did have two Champions League finals that we lost, yeah. and a Europa final that we lost, and a League Cup final that we lost. So, if you kind of look at it in terms of finals and first or second, they've, yeah, they've been terrific years. Cops got you so close. Yeah, I mean, for a period, it didn't look like we were going to be anywhere near. I mean, 10 years ago, Hodgson, the owners, situation there, you kind of, it was all very doom and gloom, didn't think you'd ever get to this point again. So, I think, certainly from the fans that go to the game now, are very kind of accepting that, you know, this season hasn't been a great one, that, yeah, we've had such a good few years that, you know, we can, we can accept that it's not going to be great every year and it will get back to where we were. In terms of the way that Klopp, managers tend to be put in boxes, don't they, in terms of mm. he can do it for that long, he'll do it just like, you know, Moyes will have a ride, then he'll drop as he's done with West Ham. With Klopp, there's always this so many years things, then he has to have a break, as they said about Guardiola, but does it worry you that Klopp is running out of steam a little bit, as he has done before, or do you think he's got a plan now that'll take you back? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, certainly you've got to give him a chance. But I think when you look at Mainz, he moved upwards, you know, to Dortmund. And then with Dortmund, he lost a lot of good players. He lost Lewandowski, he lost Goetze, you know, Gundogan left, Hummels left. You know, there's constant turnover. And you look at Dortmund, they've not, they've not been able to kind of recapture that since Klopp left. So I think, you know, certainly, I, you know, I'm fully backing him. I think there's certain holes in the team. The midfield needs a complete revamp. There's a few new players like Gakpo, Nunes, who kind of come in and need a bit of time. But yeah, I'd certainly back him. And in terms of the, you just mentioned, and, and talking about this ownership, we've obviously had our struggles with our owner, and people don't realise that our struggles with the owner aren't so much what he's, what Manchester United have been able to invest in the team, because we do that by generating our own capital, which you have always been able to do. You know, unlike City, you can't generate their own capital. You can, we can. Ours was about having a load of debt stuck on us and us losing a million pounds, a billion pounds to have to pay that debt. Your owners are in a slightly different place. Were you pleased, though, to hear that they wanted to sell up as well? Or do you think it's just all... I don't think... just trying? Well, I don't think they do want to sell up. I think they just want investment. I mean, I think what they did... Yeah, Chelsea went for what four billion pounds, yeah. and they looked at that and thought, oh, "That's a lot of money." Yeah. You know, we only paid two three hundred million pounds for the club, um, and you can't blame them. For, you know, if somebody comes along and says, "I'll give you two and a half million pounds for your house," yeah, yeah, yeah. although you don't want to leave, you think mm, two and a half million is a lot of money. And I think you know, so so I think they thought, "Well, we'll we'll sit, we'll say something, see, see what happens." But I don't think they really want to sell. I think they would just be quite happy with the investment yeah. that would really take us over this hump. Because you're right, that what they've tried to do is have this sustainable model where they've not overspent, where they've not spent what they haven't got, in other words. So they've not put money into the club. Yeah. The club's not gone into debt. Um, and most years they've made a profit. You know, some years it's only been a small profit. I think during COVID they lost us only about 10 million or something it wasn't very much so they've had that sustainable model and with that sustainable model they've built a great team on the field yeah. they've built a massive new 
training complex. They built this main stand and they built the Anfield Road yeah. stand. I mean, that's you know, it's pretty good for a sustainable model. Yeah, and you've also, do you feel that? Um, I mean, we we feel that we're getting closer to starting to compete again, and that's thanks solely to the, the new manager yeah. we've got. We yeah. we love him, and we think he's actually got a really good plan. Um, in terms of the way that some of us feel the club has worked to try and build a bridge between the supporters which is difficult with with our um, with us hating our owners so much do you feel that that same um, affinity is being worked on and grown between your club and your support I noticed you've just uh, employed a new uh, fan sort of um, a fan's rep Amanda yeah I know who I know well and she's fantastic well, I don't know why she's come here to well, be honest with you but well, there you go well I was actually on the fans committee right. we set up a committee what would it be about five six six years ago they had a committee um, and they had various um, fans represented various areas I was the uh, the rep for the over 60s right and we, we met every month or so and that went on for a couple of years and then they just uh, I'd left by them but for whatever reason they decided to disband it and they've now gone along with a supporters group called Sons of Shankly. Um, so, yeah, there is... Uh, yeah, I mean, I think they... I mean, John Henry and Tom Verney used to come to the meetings right. that we held here. And, yeah, I mean, I think they really do want to listen to the club. They don't always get it right. Yeah. They got it wrong about season ticket prices. Yeah. I mean, yeah. They, I mean, I think generally the fan, the match-going fans seem to kind of be okay with them as owners. Yeah. You know, they have made silly mistakes. Like, as I said, the, the ticket prices only tried to increase to £77 few other bits and pieces here and there but generally kind of I think they're doing it right and like personally I wouldn't want us to have a you know a Qatari shake or whatever I may come in and kind of just throw money around like Chelsea have done you know you look at them and you think what's the plan here what are they doing they're just buying anyone for the sake of it I think kind of I like what they're doing they you know only spending what we're earning and they're not perfect and I think we could have invested a little bit more but yeah generally I kind of I quite like that ethos of, of yeah sustaining. You know, I think there is a big worry generally in, in the Premiership football. And I think the owners saw this. They saw that, you know, Newcastle had been sold to to Qatar Saudis. Saudis rather. And um, yeah, and they look at the other clubs and they the competition at the top is now ferocious. Yeah. You know, and unless you can the price of players, you know, if you buy two players it can cost nearly two hundred. Well it, is this not the danger that you know, I don't know which street United are going to go down. There'll be a lot of discussions before it is whether another is a lump of a debt or we become some kind of vanity project for you know for a Middle Eastern country. But with the amount of money that other teams, say PSG, City, and possibly Newcastle, can spend, if Mbappe is going to go for 220 million plus, and another young player, the young lad at um, Napoli, is they're talking about 160 million, it all of a sudden becomes out of everybody's reach bar a very few and we're not getting to this 50 plus one anytime soon are we which would be our ideal I think the other thing is that not not really been talked about as much is you look at the the fixture calendar now we're getting more Champions League games in a couple of years we're increasing the size of the um, European Championships increased to the last tournament the World Cup's going to increase the number of games that are taking place now the top teams are going to have two squads and it's, I think there's going to be a huge discrepancy between the likes of the top six at the moment and Newcastle and the rest of the 
sitting, so it's going to be so rich. We've talked, but you talked there very wisely about being having two teams. This new Champions League setup is European Super League through the back door, isn't it? Yeah. It's just they didn't want the other ones to exactly. get it. Exactly, and now, you know, they're saying yeah. that fifth, you'll get a fifth place for team based on history, etc. It is, it's just like that. It's, it's through the back door. And it, I mean, I know there was a lot of protest about the Super League, but it just feels that it's almost going to be inevitable. It's going to keep... They're going to keep making tweaks here and there to the point that, you know, that it is basically a Super League. And, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it is really... Look at the Champions League now. The last few years, five years, we've played the same teams again and again. Porto, we played maybe three times. Napoli, we played three times. And it's getting to the point where it is... It, it's just a Super League. Yeah. Yes, yes. Anyway, let's get just just to today's fixture. We're you know we're looking forward to. It. We've come to Anfield and obviously played you um, at Old Trafford the last few years. Every time we've turned up, we've had a lump in our throat, going, "Oh God, how bad could this be?" Today we've come for the first time, going, "You know what? We're competing again now." And we, I don't like to say it out loud, but we've got a chance here today. Do you see a change in, in the way this Manchester United side is? And are you starting to look over your shoulder and think, well, you're looking up to us at the moment because of the season you've had, but are you now starting to think, actually, they're back and they're going to rival us again? Yeah, I mean, I remember doing this interview with Andy last year and I was, probably for the only time ever, it was not a question of would Liverpool win, it would be how many goals would we win by. <laughs> I got, but now, I just this, again, this is for the first time in many years, I go into this game thinking, actually... I don't feel very confident. I don't think we're favourites. Um, yeah, I mean, you've done, Ten Hag's done a great job. He's, I think he did a great job, you know, with Ronaldo. Kind of, you know, gave him the, um, kind of the stature and the kind of respect to kind of make these changes. Yeah, get all the squad on side. You've seen a big change with Rashford. You know, Casemiro's been fantastic since yeah. he's come in. Um, I think you, you know, you are. If either of those two were injured, I think you might have a little bit of a ch- yeah, trouble. We, we certainly haven't got a squad to challenge for the for number one spot. Um, you, Tethan, you think you'll pull it out today? Um, Nick and I, every time when we walk up up Everton Valley to the ground, we say, "Well, what's your prediction?" And Nick says, "One-one," <laughs> and I said, "One-nil." To United. <laughs> no, no, I mean, I think he's right. I mean, I never feel confident about these games anyhow. I always think anything can happen. A bit like the Everton derby, it's all, yeah. anything can happen. Although they have become a bit more predictable in recent years. Yeah. But I think United have got a good chance. You know, your, your new manager has done a terrific job and is developing a very good side. And Rashford is having a great season. I think that, that left-hand side of your... Um, of the United side is going to be where it's all at. Yeah. You know, you're going to push Rashford, I suspect, to play heavily onto Trent, to push Trent back and watch him make mistakes. Um, and I think that's where it's going to be. The game's going to be won or lost on that left-hand side. Yeah. Well, hopefully, you know, we, we've come here fairly confident, hopefully, today. I'm just looking at your champions world. Under the 19 league titles, it hasn't got an asterisk. Has that fallen off? Is that something that, that your owners need to, to have a look at? Or are you still claiming it? In what way? You mean the, <laughs> yeah, the, the COVID season where they changed the rules halfway through? Of course we are. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, thanks very much. We, I mean, we, we always start aside here hey, civilly. What's your prediction? Um, I don't like, or I don't like, predi- I think whoever scores first will win the game. Mm. I think that if we can not concede within the first 20 minutes, I think we will score first. 
Luca, what do you think? Go on, what's yours? 3-1. 3-1 to us. Okay, there we go. So we're going, but that's because we've had such a good run and we've seen what this team can do. I think they're tired though. I think all of a sudden we're going to fall off a cliff, unfortunately, because I think that they're shattered. Watching Fernandez, he could hardly lift his legs the other night. But um, we've been civil and it's lovely to meet you again, as always. A lot of civility around here. The atmosphere switches when we get inside. We see a lot of a change of hatred. Do you think that that's changed over the years? Do you think it is becoming less and less? I was saying to Luca walking up, and it's about your third or four of us that's here. I've been coming here since the 70s. I've hid under behind the chip shop out at Everton. I've been under a car once where we were being chased. It was a frightening place for us to come, as it will have been for you to come to Old Trafford at times. It was yeah. not nice. Do you think that's changing a little bit? Or is it once the game starts, that bitterness, that hatred still there, do you think? I still think there is a hatred there. I mean, football has changed a lot in, you know, since since the 80s 90s you know I know from my work like the, what goes on and like in, in the background and yeah I mean the, that element that you know the risk element the hooliganism is kind of really subsided kind of close to the ground you know it feels very safe now yeah, you look, look around with families and kids that come to a game you know wasn't always the case I still think yeah when you get inside that'll you know when the two sides are getting apart that'll be still but be you there. know I, when I used to come here in the 60s and watch United there wasn't that kind of antipathy and hatred at all it was alright I mean it developed in the 70s I think when you when Liverpool started being successful and then it continued through the 90s and the 2000s when you were more successful um, is it any worse uh, no I don't think it's quite as bad as it used well, no it's not as bad as it used to be I don't think but it's still there I mean I just hope that we we don't have any chance of singing of disaster songs because it's not necessary no, I, th- I think I think you know it's something that obviously was just a clear on, on the podcast because I want it to I want it to be a nice you know I want it to be a, a place whereby you know we, we are in agreement which we are I think I think the problem with football is that football has changed in terms of there's been a lot of songs that are being analysed and I'm not talking about the uh, I'm not talking about Hillsborough Istanbul um, Munich or I'm talking about other songs like you know the Chelsea Rent Boys which the youngsters have no idea whatsoever was about and yet they're getting photographed and pulled out and a lot of virtue signalling around a lot of stuff that probably education yeah. hasn't meant that mm. you know how would people know I don't think that these fall into the mm. same category obviously but um, there can be an overanalyzing can't there of a support which basically as Bill Sanclou said I remember in an interview shown every so often it's men going to the match that like to have a bit of a fight and that's not hooliganism that's didn't he you know that's okay that's what men do now obviously from his roots you know but I remember that and the uh, I think it was the BBC broadcaster uh, jaw dropped to the floor when he said it but there is a difference isn't there now and that we have to look hopefully today beyond that yes but not start holding each other up for accountable yeah. for things like that I think we sometimes have to perhaps suspend a little bit of that for football we saw it at Ellen Road the other week mm-hmm. and it was pure hatred between two sides who sang a lot of absolutely ridiculous songs at each other but there was almost laughing between the teams particularly when they took the shoes off and said you know wave a shoe if you ain't man yeah. it was, yeah. it's, it's almost pantomime yeah. Yeah. I have a mate who's a big Newcastle fan and he went to see uh, Newcastle playing at Everton and he said he was absolutely horrified. I mean, he goes to away games, quite a few. And he said he was horrified by his own fans, 
He said the Newcastle fans were absolutely disgraceful with their singing and chanting. He says he's never going to go to an away game anymore. Wow. You know, and he's my age, been going to watch Newcastle since he was a little kid. And I think that's where the backlash is now going to come about things that shouldn't have mattered being pulled up where people are now reacting and going the extra step aren't they we, we found it within anti-fascism haven't we yes, whereby yeah. there's a huge backlash now where people felt that they could now say things that we would never have allowed them to say 10 years ago because they've changed because it's been hijacked a little bit yeah. but I guess that's a story for another day but lads I'm going to let you go in yeah, and get you. in I hope you have um, I, <laughs> I, I, I don't enjoy hope you the win game. Yeah, well, <laughs> I hope you enjoy a high scoring game where <laughs> all the goals come just for Manchester United but um just thank you very much for your time and I look forward to seeing you both yeah, again. it's a pleasure. Thank you. Take care. <laughs> so, um, half time here. Just the whistle has just gone. Uh, only one added minute. Could have been more. And uh, United 1-0 down. How on earth United 1-0 down? Is anybody's... Um, well, you've seen it. Chance after chance after chance after idiotic offside miss. And then they're going it as on what can only be a slip by Fred a counter attack and um, some, somehow we found ourselves a goal down I don't think it's the end of the world for United at the moment because we've been by far a better team and as the time goes on finally they don't get another I think United will come back into this and obviously we've definitely got a goal or two in us can I just ask you United We Stand podcast how have we managed to go a goal behind there I don't know. He should have equalised straight away. Yeah. Very next attack. Rashford could have scored. Or give it to Weghorst. What does Weghorst do? Bassett 10 yards over the bar. Couldn't believe that. We've had a game plan here. It's worked perfectly. We've done nothing wrong. Montenegro, his, his, his tactics are absolutely spot on. But unfortunately, just a little slip from Fred, and he got got down this flank here and scored. A bit of a blow, really, but hopefully they can raise themselves in the second half. Certainly, about raising themselves, they've certainly been. It's the first half in a while we've come here and absolutely dominated them. Oh, yeah, yeah. We've been the better side, but we've slightly Liverpool. They're only dangerous. They've got a couple of strikers who were, you know, were useful, and you know, a sniff of a chance, which we've not done. Those big chances by Rashford, the header, um, and then the side foot. Yeah, he should have put his foot through that, blasted it to the net. He virtually guided it back to the goalkeeper. That was a bit of a mistake. That. Hopefully they'll learn the second half and take the chances. Yeah, they've certainly not had any danger, have they, apart from on, um, on, on a bit of an attack. So, um, thoughts on the second half? Oh, yeah. If we can keep going, keep playing football, we should get something. But, you know, it's like they need to score again and then the game might be out of our reach. Then. But hopefully we'll keep going and we'll, we'll pull yeah, we, something we, out of We've made it difficult for us as well. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see in 45 minutes. Yeah. All right, thank uh, you. Cheers. Well, um, we're still at Anfield. They've just scored a sixth. I've asked four people to come on the podcast. Um, I've been told... Uh, no one wants to talk about it. So, um, I'll, I'll try and get anything. Here you are. This is where they're now going to humiliate us further by keeping us in. Oh, no, they're not holding us back. So, that, that means they're going to let us go. Somehow, we managed to find ourselves 6 0 down. Um, we're being taunted at the moment. 
So, uh, where did it go wrong? Um, we, just, we just imploded, didn't we? I mean, at, even at half-time, you're thinking, well, we're 1-0 down unluckily, because we were on top. We should have scored, shouldn't we? Yeah. And, three up. Yeah. look, that second half, conceding so early on, we conceded twice so early on, just, that was it. Caught on the cold, didn't they? We didn't have an answer for him. There was always a danger, wasn't there, that after the Lord Mayor's show, after doing so well for all these games, that we were going to get some kind of, I don't know, that it would all fall apart. So to happen here is disappointing. It's not the end of the world, though, is it? No, I think it'll be very reactionary after this game. But at the end of the day, Liverpool have played it like their cup final, and it is this season for them, isn't it? So, look... Every now and again you have setbacks, don't you? But you learn from them and I'm sure United will come back stronger. And... Well, we, we've got a chance to come back very quickly, haven't we? Betis on Thursday and then Southampton at home. Two games that we should, should win, well, all being well. And you sort of trust in Tenag. But there was certain frailties shown today, though. And it's not, it's not going to go well for us, is it? If we implode so quickly... No, it, uh, like, I know it's a shame, obviously, 6-0 down at Anfield, but I do still think, look, Ten Hag will teach them and they've all learned a lesson after this. And we're still in the Europa League, the FA Cup, and we can still win them both. And yeah. were we ever in the title race? We were, but clinging on. And I think yeah, we this, shows, never... this game will show Ten Hag now that we look, are still... You know, seven. That's number seven. There's not a lot to be said here apart from the fact that we've been demolished. And um, there's fans on the pitch. Well, there's a fan on the pitch. Oh, he's fucking taken one of their players out. <laughs> he's injured one of their players. <laughs> he has actually injured one of their players, hasn't he? Sliding Robertson. in there. I think he's injured Andy Robertson. Anyway. But it's difficult to um, it's difficult to know where to go from here, apart from the fact that it's uh, there's just no, there are no words. I think I think we just have to say from um, from Anfield, from Manchester United podcast, United we stand. Thanks to Bet Fred. I would just call it a day now. Right, we're just uh, we're still sat outside Stanley Park. Uh, this is a postscript. Um, I'd ended the podcast at seven 0 when they scored, but seven lucky goals. Seven lucky goals. But we're going to have a bit of a we're going to have a little bit of um, an autopsy, I think. Um, worst we've ever seen there, obviously. Where do we, where do we go? Fucking kick tank for no reason. We we've had some hidings, but I'm actually just actually learning there now that it's actually seven. So you know, where, where, where where do you go from a, a result where you actually thought you would get something? <laughs> is it is it that we capitulated? Did we do the wrong thing in taking Martinez and Casemiro off when it was when it was only four because they ran past them? Was it just one of those games, or has that 
weakness that we knew existed just come back? I got pulled by the police for staring well, at the crowd. <laughs> I, I, I would say we, we've always had <laughs> that weakness, haven't it? You know what I mean? But the, the last few months, we've seen it gone. Yeah, you know, we, we, so every, everyone here will say we, we go one all down the last <laughs> few while we, we always see ourselves going back in there but when they scored that goal today we thought I think everybody thought that, that was it especially by the time they scored when, when they went one all up at half time I think everybody thought that was it I don't think anybody realised that it was going to end up the result that it was but is there a soft underbelly? No, no, the two lads I was with got kicked out. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't take your, you don't take your chances, we could be up 3 0 at half time, 3 1. But I was, I was the third one. I was, I think is it one, one player who you think that epitomised what went wrong there? Yeah, they, they, yeah they're up there. Anybody? <laughs> Just a few guys weren't on it today. Casemiro wasn't on it today. There was a lot. There was a lot. There was just a lot that wasn't right. But can we take some positives out of this, Jay? You still think it's nil nil? Nil nil. Yeah, I went down. Thirty-five minutes. It was nil nil. They scored apparently. Never seen it, so it don't count if I don't see it. And what about the six goals in the second half? Well, I didn't go back up for the second half, obviously, because you know. I was still he's drinking saying, beer. It's a tough loss for them. It was for me, Blackie. It was it was never a seven niller. Rashford. I don't know how close the uh, Bruno effort was, but certainly for me, Rashford should have put that away. Thirty seconds later, they go down the pitch and we can make it one nil. You know what? You know what hurts. Tough thing to swallow. Now. I come here today thinking we get somewhere. Because I think I think we're good enough to get something here, and they're not the greatest side in the world. But we've been humiliated. Yeah, I've been humiliated. Yeah, it's tough to come back from that now this season, isn't it? Of course, it's t- tough to come back from. But let's have it right. Not one of us on here thought we'd win the league. Yeah, we've won a trophy, finished top four. It's a successful season, but that's embarrassing. Was there anybody who you thought was particularly embarrassing? That, well, to be honest, mate, that's where we're at now. That's where that's where we are at. You know, we've we've excelled ourselves all season. For me, and today, every time they went forward, they scored. That was it. They weren't no better than us, but every time they went forward, they scored. They're dog shit. They got on a roll, didn't they? Yeah, they, got, they well, every, every, every time they went forward, they scored. Well, but do you know what? We could have come here today. Different story. We get an early goal, different story. But do you know what? I forget today. Our season ups and all. Let's get behind the kid. Mate, we're, we're look immense. We're, we're a different side now. We're a completely different side. We're, we're, we're unbelievable. We're getting back to where we are. Do you think we'll bounce back then? Do you think Ten Hag will have them be able to bounce back before Thursday? One day at the office is a bad day. Yeah. Mate. It just feels bad, doesn't it, because it's here. It's horrible, mate. It's horrible. It's horrible sat on his coach. But do you know what? Tan Hag will be hurting as much as we are. Yes, yes. And, and, and you know what? That is the difference. And that's what makes him what he is. And that's what he in, introduces that to the players. And that's where we're going. That is, that is us now. That's where we're at. We're on a better trajectory than they are. A better trajectory. That's we're, 17 goals in four games. But not one person hurts. Is, they all hurt. And he takes it. And you know when they're all hurting, he will block them tomorrow. 
Like you don't know what. We're on a better trajectory. Right? Well, and do you know what? We would do a fucking good hiding. We would do a good hiding. There's players there that'll actually be hurting now. 18 months ago, 12 months yeah, ago, they, they won't be hurting. Brentford away. Tan Hag will be hurting as much as we are. When we're all still stood there at the end of the game, still singing for Man United, and the love that we have for the club, and they're coming over, appreciating it, 7 0 down. Against fucking average average side. Hey, hey, yeah, average side, but the team that we want to beat, mate, we were going through stages where we'd take a fucking Liverpool victory over anything, and now they're irrelevant. Yeah, they, make, they beat us 7-0 today, but do you know what? On the whole of the season, what he's done and where we're going, I'll take everything. It could have been, ve- been very differently that because, like, right before they scored, we thought we'd scored. Yeah. And like, and it would, all, all could have been so very, very, very different. But we we were too good at hiding, and we got one today. Yeah, we were too good. Every side. I think we were good. I think you're right because we've not ridden our luck. But we know we've played to absolute capacity in so many games on the run. And they were tired, if you look. Lazy, not lazy, not lazy, but tired, you're right. They were tired, look at Bruno, was it um, when either a second or third goal went in and they didn't see it until I saw the highlights afterwards. He He was too tired to even, you know, like turn around, congratulate a player. You looked at him and you went, oh, that lad's sad. And today... I think there was a lot of once that third goal went in, around. they just and, went. Do you know what? They just like they went. When, when we get me, when we get a good idea like today, it's easy to turn around and criticise it like right across the board. But let's not forget the last twenty games where they give us fucking absolute pleasure. You know what I mean? Absolute. You know, like the scenes at Old Trafford, Stratford End. Yeah. Absolute pleasure. The away games, mate, unbelievable. Do you know what I mean? Looking up to me in the new camp, do you know what? Them days, you don't forget, we were the better side. By far the better side against Europe, top elite. And that's why he's, he's done that in a short space of time. Unbelievable. And I think that's a really nice way to end it because I think that positivity yeah. and the fact we still it's still it's still in there. We were due, we were due that little bit of bad luck. And, t- and today, if it takes seven nil drumming off those house right? I'll take that and then next week let's go and kick on kick on from that. And we'll go. And we'll go forward again. Thanks. I'm going to show you around for that. Thank you anyway, very much for putting. Put, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it was, it was nil nil. Was so there. We won it. So United we stand podcast on the way back from Anfield. Not the best day at the office. Uh, I'm be off at Betfred. Thank you very much for listening.